I'm not gonna let you go I'm not gonna let you slip away You don't have to be afraid Mercy said no Sin will never take control Life and death stood face to face Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. Mercy said no. I'm not gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Mercy said no. Sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. One more time. Mercy said no. Mercy said no. I'm not gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Oh, mercy said no. Sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. Let's do that one more time. Mercy said no. I'm not gonna let you go. I'm not gonna let you slip away. You don't have to be afraid. Oh, mercy said no. Sin will never take control. Life and death stood face to face. Darkness tried to steal my heart away. Thank you, Jesus. Mercy said no. Aren't you glad that when you didn't want him, he was running after you, he was running after me? Oh, my. Where would we be if it wasn't for his mercy? Amen. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. For those of you that came out, God bless you for the effort that you made with the conditions outside. Um, they are uh, a little bit uh, treacherous in some places, so we just thank you. and God bless you all that are listening in. Amen. We want to just turn directly to the Word, so we're going to just go to that if we can. Um, I just want to make mention... Um, we have just one service this Sunday, and that uh, will be in the morning. And um, nice to see Brother Stephen Dodd here with his family. And uh, nice to have them here with him. So uh, we, we wanted him to minister one more time, so he's going to minister for us on Sunday. 
And so we're going to look forward to that. You be in prayer for him. Brother Steve, we're looking forward to that. And uh, so we've rearranged our schedule a little bit, and uh, we're going to just take a little simple thought tonight. And so I want you just to turn with me to Psalms 27, if you would. Psalms 27. Let's just read from verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The more this world goes on, the less the things that we used to enjoy here, which are nice, God-given sometimes, but I'll tell you what, it seems like they're always being crowded. There's not as much room to enjoy those things. And uh, it's, it's just pushing our sights a little further. Verse 5 says this, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. I think that scripture's becoming more and more real. Turn also to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. We're going to read from verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Let's just bow in a word of prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, this Wednesday night as we've just stepped aside from the busy world around us. We've kind of shut the doors in here. We've sung some songs. Lord, and for many of us, maybe our spirits are still fighting the things of the day. I, I could say that, Lord. And Lord, the things that are around us, the world, this nervous, neurotic world around us. But oh, Lord, come and hide us in the rock of ages. Lord, may we find our rest at your feet. May we find our peace, Lord, in this secret place, Lord. Father, may you bless everyone that's come out. I pray that your, your spirit would minister to them. Lord, I pray you'd minister to all of us tonight. Lord, as we commit this service to you, bless everyone that's listening in. We commit this service to you, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you. May have your seats. As I said, it's uh, the Christmas season, and we're well into it. We're also coming to a year end, and uh, we don't know how many more Christmas seasons and year ends we're going to come to. So it seems like it's just so temporal, uh, and uh, we want to just draw from what God has for us in this. Not the season as far as the Christmas season, but in the season of time that we're in. So I, I want to just um, take a little thought, not so much on a, on a seasonal message of the Christmas time, but on a seasonal 
thought of where we are in time. And I, I, I just want to do this on a, on a level that I think we all need. I, I know I would need it, so I'm speaking to myself tonight. But I think that it's, it's needful. There, there are so many voices out there, so many things that would take our attention and our time. And I don't think we actually realize how much it's, it's the design of the enemy to take us away from what God really has for us. So I'd like to speak on tonight just this little thought, your secret chamber. And I want to take this as a little exhortation. Brother Branham would say, you know, as we come behind the pulpit as ministers, as pastors, as shepherds, he said, we're, we're interested in helping people. And we're interested in the welfare of, of people, and families and homes. And, and so we want to be mindful of that. And, and there was other thoughts I could have gone, but this just seemed to speak to me. The prophet would, would speak a message called letting off the pressure. And he talked about how he went to um, the world around him. He went to a hospital. He went where people were on edge, were nervous. Listen, I'll, I'll say if they were nervous back then, they're almost insane right now. And uh, I, I, we, 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 we are, it's all around us. It's on us sometimes. So Brother Branham would say this in that message. What would I speak to this congregation? He said, there's a pressure on the people today. And that pressure has no limitation or any denominational lines. It has no age line. It's no respect of person. It's on the young and on the old. It's on the good and the bad. It's, it's on everybody. It's pressure. And then he says this, we're living in a neurotic age. It's nervous tension. Everybody is racing here and going there and going nowhere. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was just driving in the traffic today, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going, where are you going? Like, they're halfway in this lane and that lane, and then I realized I was doing the same thing. So, because <laughs> you can't see the lanes. But he said, they're going nowhere. It's just that kind of an age. And now he makes this statement. I know this church is plagued with it, Everywhere is plagued with it. The tabernacle is plagued with it. Everywhere, the whole world. It's a day of pressure. Hurry, 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 hurry up and wait. Drive 90 miles an hour, then get home for supper and wait two hours till it gets ready. That's unless you're a bachelor. You know, a bachelor's motto is anything that takes longer to prepare than it does to eat isn't worth it. So I, I'm not saying that was for everybody, but so, so he's just saying it's a nervous tension. You're rushing and speeding. The wife says something a little contrary, and you fly off, temper. The husband says something, you pat your foot and tell him to get in the room. See, oh, I'm so nervous. What is it? It's tension building. This is the results of it. We're doing something wrong. We're acting out of place. He says, now, it'll make the poor act that way. It'll make the middle class act that way. It'll make the rich act that way. It makes the wrong act that way. 
it'll make the pretty good act that way. Right. Now, that, that includes everyone. We don't just want to say that's out here. We have to fight through it. We've got to, in this age, we've got to put boundaries on what the, what's happening out there, and we've got to put a place where God is. Now, he says, it'll make the good act the way, it's attention, it's esteem, it's got to blow off somewhere. So, he, he, I want to just make a few more statements because he just talks about the neurotic. He said, it's a neurotic age. It's a time, I think, that we all still just a little while need to take inventory. Where are we going? And it's such an unsettled peace. The nations are unsettled. The church doesn't know what to do. People don't know what to do. What's the matter? It's oncoming judgment. He says, you could put up Billy Graham in every state and have a revival. It'll never bring her back again. She's headed for judgment. There's nothing left. And we wonder why we're so nervous and upset. It's, it's these insane institutions filling up. It's drinking. It's sin. It's nervousness. It's whiskey. It's nightlife. Ignoring the Bible. Ignoring God. Nervous. Neurotic. Breakdowns. The world is full of it. Penitentiaries are overloaded, insane institutions. Even the psychiatrists have to have treatments from one another. And he just goes on, he says different things. Now, I, I want to, I'm going to just, just bear with me. I, I, I want this to be a benefit to all of us. And, and I, 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 even today, I, I was leaving the house and just had this to do and that to do, and my phone started ringing, and then there's an email, and you know, you're halfway in the middle of this, and then you're doing that, and, and my wife calls me and says, there's this and that, and I said, I'm coming, I'm coming, and, and then she calls me, you know, 10, 15 minutes, where are you? She says, well, this happened, and that happened, and then I'm just thinking, what a crazy world we live in. And, and I said, I don't have to live with what the world puts upon me. Yeah, I have to be here, I have to function, but I believe we, we, we need to put boundaries on it. I believe we need to say, okay, enough and enough is enough. And, and I, I believe this is, you know, we, we're, we're driven. You know, since COVID, which is really, you know, a separation, it's, it's a disease, it's a physical thing, but the mental part of COVID has, has I think, ramped people to a level where everything is so nervous, I, you know, one month ago, who heard of Omicron? And now, the whole world is shutting down because of it. Yeah. Like, this is the world we live in. It, it's, it's put people on such an edge. And, and, and is, is, the, is, is the level of response warranted? I don't know. I can't say that. But I say, I don't need to be under the bondage and the fear that all of that has. I want to be a Christian. I want to serve God. And I believe God has a place for us to serve Him. Amen. We can be so driven. It's hard to stop. You know, you, you, your mind is racing. You're doing things. You know, the enemy wants us to mind Him. To go at the pace that the world is going at. You, you want to go to the pace that the world is going on? Just listen to the news. 
Just turn on the internet. It doesn't matter where you turn. If you turn to sports, this game is shut down. That isn't happening. If you turn to, to the local news, it's about what's happening here. And you turn to the national news, the world news, it's all the same. But there's one set of news that I think we need to, the good news. And, I, and, and I, I'm just saying is, it's, it's all around us. It's on billboards. It's on radio. It's on TV. It, it dominates the conversation. I think we need to, at some point, say, Lord, I need you. I need to hear from you. Amen. Now, Brother Branham would, would make this statement. There's a great trouble everywhere. Everybody has become a neurotic the whole world is a neurotical world. The Pentagon, everywhere we know there's something wrong. Now, he, he's talking in this in the Feast of the Trumpets. The only way that you'll know the trumpet sound is to look what the sheet music says. The sheet music is not what the world is telling us on the news. The sheet world is not just as simple as reading the Bible. I, I need to make some statements here. Because many churches have the Bible, but they are using it. They're not understanding the time and the season that we're living in. The, the church world doesn't have the communion that the bride has opened to her. And I believe this message has not just come that we feed our, you know, the, the mind is, is, is uh, it feeds on knowledge, if I can say it that way. But the soul has a passion that goes beyond that. It, and the message was never designed to just be knowledge. The message was to bring us into a relationship, into a communion. Now, I'm, I'm going to use a, a couple of scriptures, and, and Sister Ruth, I'm, I'm just going to maybe change them as I go. I'm really trying to be sensitive to the Lord, but I'm going to just jump ahead to Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, and I, I want to just read that. So Daniel chapter 7, and you know, Brother Branham begins to make a distinction in, in 1964, after seeing the preview of the bride, he begins to make a distinction of the church world and the bride. And I believe that the bride, and he says it's two different covenants. So we can't just take our cue from the world around us. We, you know, if, if you lived 2,000 years ago in the time of Jesus, um, Israel was looking they were under a bondage. Brother Adam called it the world falling apart. And Israel was looking for a general. They were looking for a military man to lead them out of the oppression that Rome was putting on them. And if we're not careful, we fall into the same spirit. We take a militant approach to what's happening around us. But you have to stop back and say, Lord, what are you saying to the bride? What are you saying to me? What is my approach? And you know, in some cases, God sometimes calls us to withdraw and hide ourselves. Commune with me. So Daniel chapter 7, verse 9, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the Ancient of Days did sit. 
whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, his wheels as burning fire. So this is the setting. And as Daniel's looking in verse 10, he says this, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. And he makes, he makes this distinction of two classes of people. Thousand thousands ministered unto him and stood before him. And the judgment was set and the books were opened. Now, Brother Branham would talk, those that ministered to him, that was the bride. And he says, those that sat before the judgment, that was the church world. So he says, the bride has a relationship, has a communion, has a place where they are in step with the sheet music and the spirit of the composer. And, and so Brother Branham would say, it's like a symphony. We have to know what the sheet music is saying. And he says, the composer wrote the book. The director must be in the same spirit of the composer. If he don't, he gives the wrong beat and the whole thing is out. A lot of people read the Bible. A lot of people take the Bible and, and take what they're thinking and their understanding. I could do the same thing. But if we're not careful and we don't wait on the Lord, we'll misplace it. Brother Bannon would say of Moses, he was trained properly, he knew the right thing, he knew what to do, he had all the training, he had all of those things, but it was an intellectual conception. And with all of that, he went out and slew an Egyptian. That was Moses with truth in his hands, but he didn't have the spirit of truth. And he says what Moses needed was that burning bush experience. What he needed is to have everything shut out and where God could speak to him, then he could go forth as God wanted him to go forth. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm using a couple of things here just, just to, to get us in, into a, a place. Now, I, I want to, if I, if I can... We, we, if I just refer back to, to uh, the scripture I read, not, you don't have to turn to it, but I'm, I'm just going to refer back to it. But it would say in, in this, come my people. So the call is to a people to come. The call to the Laodicean age, come and sup with me. It was God's desire for us to have a place with him. And, and, and much of the world, they, they, they couldn't come because he was shut out. The door, he, he, he was knocking on the door trying to get in. I, I'm not going to turn to Revelation 3, but you, you, know, you know the scripture. They, he was trying to get in, but it was his desire to have a relationship. So it says, come my people, enter thou into thy chambers. Now, it, it, there is a natural chamber, but this is more about a spiritual chamber. It, it, it is, and he says this, shut the doors about thee. So, I, I, you know, I, I've, I found myself, and I, I'm, I'm being honest about it, you know, just with the things of life, I, I, I come down in prayer, and, 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 and then I, I find that, okay, I got so much time and I got to go. And then my phone, I, I, I turn the ringer off, but the vibrator's on. 
So I'm, I'm praying, and all of a sudden the vibrator goes off, and I'm, and I'm praying, and all of a sudden I can't focus because I wonder who that is. You know what a good thing to do? You know how you shut the door? Is you put every distraction aside. Now, in, in olden days, to shut the door was to, to shut out the noise of the children and to shut out the noise of the workplace. Uh, there, there's a couple places in the house I like to retreat to and just shut the door and say, Lord, this is my place with you. But that doesn't stop your mind from going. Sometimes you need to shut that off and, and, and get to a place where we need to get quiet. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this a little different today, and, and I... Pardon me for doing it this way, but I, I, I want to just read a scripture, and then I want to play a portion from a tape, if you don't mind. But I'm just going to go back to 1 Samuel. I want to read this, because this is the scripture Brother Branham reads. And, and I remember as a young man how I'd, I'd be at home, and, and, and I, I found great strength and peace. From, and some of these scriptures still come back to me, some of these phrases, and, and this just came to me as I was doing it, but... This, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And, uh, and it says in verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Now, at that point, Samuel had not heard the voice of God yet. He didn't know what the voice of God was. Uh, now, God's voice was to come to the prophet. God want, he knew Israel needed to hear the voice of God. It was going to come through Samuel. But Samuel, you know, Eli had, had gotten old. His sons were, were careless about the things of the temple. They weren't following what they should. But God wanted to speak to Israel very directly. And so... If we drop down to, I, I don't want to, you, you all know the scripture, but uh, Samuel laid down to sleep, verse 4, and the Lord called Samuel and he said, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, I didn't call you, lay down again, he went. Verse 6, and the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I, you did call me. And he said, I called you not, my son, lie down again. For Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Now, this is, this is an ordained prophet who had to come to understand God's voice to him. We can hear the message all day long but it takes God to make it real to us. Verse 8, and the, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he went to Eli, here I am, you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child, and, he said to, and Eli said to Samuel, go lay down, it shall be if he call you, that you shall say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth, so Samuel went and laid down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Now, I, this is a scripture Brother Branham used in a message called Hear His Voice. So, Sister Ruth, can I get you just to play that? This is about uh, 15, 
20-minute clip, but it, it, it probably says it better than I could say it. And I said this is simple, but this is very necessary. Is this all right? Let's listen to this if we can. The prophets spoke of these days that when they for teaching would teach the man's doctrine and not God's doctrine. And we've seen so much of that and it's gone on so long until today the word of the Lord is a rare thing. That someone can come and say, thus saith the Lord. Now we've had a lot of impersonations of that. Satan is really on the job. And many years gone by, people were afraid to say that unless it was the Lord. But today they just don't care. But it's a rare thing to hear the voice of the Lord. And to find a person that can say, the Lord spoke to me. You notice that amongst the people anymore. That they hardly hear a time that when they say, the Lord spoke to me. When men and women used to pray all night. And their homes were set in order by the book of the Lord. And God was first in their home. See, we got too many things ahead of the Lord. You can't have the prayer meeting because Mr. Godfrey's on tonight. You can't have the prayer meeting before we love Susie's on tonight. Or some kind of a foolish nonsense like that that takes up the time. And we don't have time to hear the voice of the Lord. Those who do claim to be Christians just kneel down with a little prayer like this kind of homemade. Lord, bless me and my family and take care of us. Good night. And the next morning rise and say, uh, just guide us through the day. Good day. We should wait on the Lord. You see, we do all the talking. We don't give him a chance to talk back to us. That if we would pray and pray until our soul comes into the presence of God. And then just relax and listen to his voice. But there's so many voices today. That takes the voice of the Lord away from us. There's a voice of pleasure. So many people are listening to that. Where they can go and have a good time. And many of them are professing to be Christians. Some kind of an old rock and roll coming up. They just can't listen to what God... They say, well, I'm a Christian. I'll read a verse in the Bible today. Yeah, uh, Jesus wept. (laughs) That's it. Go ahead. 
really get down and pray. They got too many other things to do. There's so many voices in the world. So many things to attract our attention from God. And yesterday when the wife and I had run over to the a supermarket to get some groceries. And I was hurrying because I was late with appointments and things and rushing real quick. And there was a little boy standing there half asleep. And a little old girl come along there with some little trousers on that belonged to some man. They had to because they were made for man. And the Bible says it's an abomination in the sight of God for a woman to wear it. And with a lot of this here, a lipstick on and her eyes about half asleep, she said, where is the so-and-so to that little boy? He said, I expect me to know. She said, you remember, I never got in until 6 o'clock this morning and she wasn't over 12 years old. Now, Jesus at 12, which was our example, said, don't you know I should be about my father's business? No wonder the voice of God is a rare thing today. It's smothered out. But so many different voices. So many things that dim and take away. It's got to a place until it dulls our senses. Until we can't hear the voice of God. Our senses of where we are to shake ourselves and realize that you are man and women. You are the creation of God. And you were put here to serve Him. But Satan's voice and false prophets, oh, being modern. As I was speaking a few days ago, I was coming to church and I turned my radio on and I heard a program out of Louisville that said that they were teaching their children in churches. To just drink moderately. Making them modern. So that they won't go to the excess. Oh, they need to teach them Christ. Not drinking. And that will wreck and ruin and damn any home. How could the voice of God speak among a family that's half sows with whiskey and their minds paralyzed with smoking and drinking and all night long carousing? Man that waits upon God comes into his presence. And to come into the presence of God is just like going out early of a morning when the dew and the honeysuckles are all sweet. When you come in the presence of a person like that, you know they have been with God. My wife said to me, coming down this morning, she said, Billy, I don't mean to say this to flower to anybody, but she said, 
Last night, I believe, or one of the nights, she said, I sat by one of the little Amish women. A little lady with a little cap on her head. She said, and you could tell that woman had been with Jesus. She was sweet. Her soul was mellow. Her eyes were clear. There's nothing, no sin or nothing to hide behind or anything. She'd been in the presence of God. Her senses wasn't dulled by whiskey and tobacco and all kinds of things of the world. She was refreshed from the presence of God, reading her Bible, studying God's Word. But we modern Americans, what we do, and the false prophets behind the pulpit say that's all right. I'm kind of in the notion of saying this. If I'm wrong, God forgive me. But I'm persuaded that a lot of them don't know God. And the congregation will never live any higher than this pastor. No wonder the scripture says these shepherds, how they have scattered the flock. One to them. They are the branches that bears not fruit, which will be plucked off and burned. So many things to dull the senses of the people today. Oh, but in the midst of all that, in spite of every dulling and every voice that's in the world today, some of them pleasure voices, some of them are, are sinful voices, To lure the people. But in the spite of every bit of that. The truth of God still remains. He that will hear my voice and come after me. Men and women who will hear the voice of God. God still waits to speak to every individual. That will open their ears to hear God's voice. If a man who is a pastor. Many times people say, couldn't you do this? Couldn't you run over here? Couldn't you do this? Oh, I love to do it. But I've got to stay in the presence of God if I'm going to do the thing right. Amen. And people say, oh, Brother Branham's one of these isolationists. That's not it. I love people, but there's just thousands of them. But I must stay with him to find out what he'd have me tell him. Somewhere, just listen. He'll have something for you that he wants you to know about. Pastor, don't you never get too busy. But watch, you can stay in the presence and listen for his voice. God always keeps his word. And no matter how bad the times may be, how much your church may teach against it, Jesus Christ is still willing to speak that still small voice to anybody that will listen for him. He's still ready to do it. If we just quieten ourselves. But we run in flustrated and say, say, uh, Pastor, could I join this church? What church do you come from? So and so. Well, bring us your letter. 
Oh, my. Could I join this church? Oh, yes. Come here forth and we'll sprinkle you a little bit with water and put your name on the book and you get the right hand of fellowship. Well, the Masonic Lodge has got a better order than that. It's true. The Masonic Lodge and all other lodges are all right. But it still isn't the house of God. There's where God speaks. Those lodges try to make him moral. But God makes you righteous to Jesus Christ, his son. Now, there's a code of ethics to it. God has a new birth for you. But listen to his still small voice. Every one of you people who profess to be Christians, get yourself quiet before him. Don't let the washing hinder. Don't let the work hinder. Don't let nothing hinder. Don't let nobody know what you're doing. Just go before him. Get up in the woods somewhere. Get out on the side of the road. Go into the secret closet and close the door. When the kids get to school, there, get down on your knees. You've heard all kinds of voices everywhere. But just get down and stay there until those voices are silenced. And you begin to lift up. It'll change you. It'll make you different. Like it did this little Samuel. It'll do something to you if you'll just do it. Now, it'll make you what you should be. It'll make you the kind of Christian that you ought to be. Now, let's just go back off of this modern day until a day that's past. Let's go back to the days of the early times. And this voice of God has come to man in all walks of life and all ages. No matter if you're a farmer if you are a shoe cobbler, whatever you may be, God still speaks. If you're a sinner, if you're a prostitute, harlot, if you are a drunkard, if you are what a local church member, nominal, nominal, whatever you might be, the voice of God still waits to speak to you. I'm thinking now of Moses. When he is already 80 years old and had 80 years of theological training and he knew the scriptures, he knew them well. And he had a promise to him that he was going to be the deliverer of his people. But yet, just knowing the scriptures and being a, a formal church member of that modern church in that day, he tucked the thing over in his own hands and tried to do it. He slew an Egyptian. You see what you do without listening to God? You just mess it up. And when the devil this morning would say, don't you be baptized? Another would say, oh, do it later. One would say, you better be sure you know what you're doing. And the other would say, you're going to lose a good time. The only way to settle that is go to God's word with it. 
But people today don't seem to want to do that. Amen. If you want to listen to that tape that's in 1958, October the 5th, and it's called Hear His Voice. I was walking the other day, and as I was listening to it, it just so struck me. How often has the devil, you know, we, we, we get so going, and, but we don't even have time. We're, we're operating on the devil's pace. We're not operating on God's pace. We all need to have a place where we can withdraw, a place where we can come back and Sometimes it's just prayer and, and it becomes a shopping list. We this, 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 pray for this and this. But sometimes we need to just stop and say, Lord, I need to just spend time with you. I need to hear you speak. Frank Bartleman was an unusual man. He was at the time of the Azusa Street Revival. But he was a man who knew and he was in the middle of this revival and he watched the great moves and he, because he walked so close with God, he could see where Pentecost was starting to go off. He says, they're starting to go the wrong way with it. And he says, and in the middle of all of that, he said, there'll be one more move of God before he returns. Now, if, if we could take this message and, and we heard it I'll say this, we've been raised in it, but has it really, really spoke to us personally? Not I attend this church, not I, I'm in this family, not I heard this, but where has God spoke to us individually? I'm going to read something from a message Brother Branham would say, and this is he has to pass this way. Now there's a good place to sit where two ways meets, yours and God's, your idea and his idea. That's a good time to sit down and think it over. Now the Bible said his ways, our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So before we just take the same thinking we take to every aspect of our life, whether it's, it's business or it's home life or it's work life or it's social life, we need to stop and say, Lord, what do you have to say about this? He said, we need to stop and think it over. Now, he makes this really personal. He says, your own thoughts about him. I, you know, if, if somebody asks you, what do you believe? Well, we believe what, what the message of the hour is. Well, what's the message of the hour? Well, it's God sent a prophet. Well, there's a lot of people that, that have left the message and can say that too. Yeah. You know, what, what, well, what, what does your church believe? Well, we believe what the pastor teaches. Well, what does the pastor teach? Well, what we believe. But what do you say about it? What do you believe? Somewhere there has to be a place where, where it's we do business with God individually. Amen. It's not about, okay, that's what they spoke at church. No, we need to stop and say, Lord, the creator of heavens and earth, 
The one who hung the earth into space and still holds it. The one who called me personally. The one who came to earth. The one who called me. The one who still speaks to me. He said, what are your thoughts about him? What do you think he is and what the word says he is? What the message of the hour is to your thinking and what the message of the hour is to his word. That's the difference. Sit there and think it over a little while. This this is just a little different thought, but we're, we're coming into a season where maybe we can just stop the work world. We're going to have social gatherings. We're going to have things that need to be taken care of. But I want to encourage you. Find a secret chamber. Where is your secret chamber? Where is a place where now you can just stop and say, okay, not, not just like, Martha, who was much encumbered with serving and, and, you know, got so upset about Mary because Mary wasn't helping her serve. And, you know, we, we get running and running and running, and sometimes we get down and pray, and we're so nervous, and we hear a little noise, we hear the phone buzz, we hear this, but we still haven't heard from God. And I say, until we hear from God, we are working, we're missing something. And it's a vital ingredient to our faith. If you're nervous, that hinders your faith. If you're all upset, that hinders you. You need to come to a place where we, you know, there was a group of people one time. There was 120 of them. They were nervous. They were upset. But they had to get in an upper room. And what did they do there? Brother Adam said, they weren't praying. They were just sitting there waiting. Frank Bartleman, this, this brother that I told you about, one time he, he just went aside and he crawled into a log. And, and by his own testimony, he says, I, he sat there for 10 days till God spoke to him. But when he came out from there, something had changed. See, the devil knows if you can get in contact with that supernatural something, that's why he gets us nervous, he gets us upset, he he gets us to a place where it's just like Brother Ram said, uh, you know, God bless you, Uh, Lord, give us a good day, and off we go. But what about stopping? I believe the bride operates to a different set of sheet music than what the world operates by. I believe we, we, we go to a different uh, spiritual walk than what the world goes by. Listen, is this, I, I, I find myself caught up with things. I, I, I was listening to this tape as I was walking around the mall after hours I think it was 10 o'clock at night, but I, I, I didn't even know where I walked after a while because I was caught up somewhere. And I said, Lord, this is a place I need to come to more often than I have. And there's a place that we all need to, where, where it's, you hear his voice. Listen, his voice makes the difference. Let's just take Matthew chapter 6 for a moment. Is this all right tonight? I, I, this, is, this is just simple, but I, we could come to church. We, we can 
put it in our schedule. We can arrive at the right time. We can be here. We can hear it and we can go out and not be changed. The church is only as spiritual as the people that attend to it. And, and, and who we are is not what we are in church. It, it's, it, it's not, you know, it, it's not the prayer here. People don't come to church to hear long prayers. You weary people with that. But I'll tell you what, in your private place, you'll never weary God. Say, Lord, I just, I'm not settled about this situation. There's this, Lord. And you can pour your heart out to him, and you can lay everything before him. I'll tell you, you may not have the answer, but you can get up with peace in your heart and say, he knows. And I know he knows. And I can walk and I can press the battle because I've been in contact with him. Listen, I need that. We all need that. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is speaking. And he says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do your alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You know, I, 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 I want to, I just, I got to be careful how I say this. But we live in an age of social media. Everybody posts about what they ate. Everybody posts about the sermon they listened to. Everybody posts about this and that, and some of it's good. I've benefited from some of it. But there's actually a part of our life, if you're a real Christian, it's sacred. And it's not just coming, well, this is a good quote, let me post it. Hold up, before you post it, have you actually meditated on it? Have you actually thought about it? I'm, I'm being honest, I'm challenging myself. Have we taken the message to heart? Or, or, or do we have to say, this is what I read today, this is what I did today, this is what I'm doing today, and just so everybody can know, I can say everybody can know, but what does God know about our lives with him? Sorry if this is, this is not the service you expected today. It wasn't the one I expected either. But it, it, it actually spoke to me, so I said I'm speaking to myself. So verse 3, when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand is doing. As Brother Bram said, don't let the washing hinder. Don't let nobody know what you're doing. Don't even let yourself know what you're doing. Just start to slip away. I like to get in a dark place and start to put a tape on. You know, sometimes I don't feel like praying right away. I'm, I'm honest. I, my flesh doesn't feel like it. And I, I feel like my mind is busy. But then as I start listening, as I start listening and then all of a sudden something starts moving. And then I feel I can go on my knees and start talking to him. And as I talk to him, I start, all of a sudden I break into something. And it's not me praying anymore, but it's him. And as Brother Brandon would say, we find one place where the Son of God had to spend much time in prayer. You know, there's a really interesting relationship. God is a spirit, but he manifests in the Son. But he had to pray to stay in connection with that great spirit. He was in the flesh just like you and I were. But he had to pray much. You, you go in the Bible and take the phrases uh, uh, set apart. Because God, whenever he wanted to move somebody, he set them apart. 
When, when, when Mount Transfiguration, Jesus took three disciples, he set them apart. When, 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 when there was so much happening, he called, he called the crowd, he called those that wanted to listen, come apart into the desert a while. And after he was in the desert a while, he retreated from the crowd and he went up into a mountain place apart to pray. I went to a convention once and everybody's communing, fellowshipping, the meetings, and, and I was doing it too. But there was a couple of times I had to find a place and I actually went into, it's at the Louisiana camp, and I went into a back in a storage shed and I found a place to pray because I needed my time with God. I couldn't do it in the bunk I was at, I couldn't do it there. Every one of us, God does not want us to serve him by a group experience. He doesn't want you to serve by a mind experience, but it has to be personal. It has to be where you speak to him and he speaks to you. He says, verse 3, I haven't finished it yet. When you do your alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand does, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which sees in secret himself shall reward you openly. And when you pray, be not as the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou prayest, here it is, verse 6, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, your room, your secret place. And, and you can enter in, it's not just a physical place. But I'm saying this is a spiritual place. Because you can be in a physical place, but your mind is still going. You know, one good thing to do is to leave your phone outside. And take your watch off if it buzzes. That's a good thing to do. You know, you know it, it, and you know what's a good thing to do is, is, is don't just put a limit. Okay, I got 15 minutes. Okay, there's times when we have to schedule that in. But there ought to be times... Listen, whatever you enjoy doing, you make time for it. I make time for it. We ought to make time for God. The Bible, or this, I don't think the Bible says it, but it's to say, take time to be holy. Take time. Like that Amish woman Brother Branham was talking about, she had been in another place. It says, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you shut the door... Pray to your Father which is in secret, and thy Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. And when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, he says, for they think they shall be heard with their much speaking. You know, the honesty of Brother Branham, he said, as a young man, he said, he didn't even know how to pray. And I, I, he talked about, Mr. God, I, I don't know where you are and who you are. And, and he took some letters and he penned something. And, and he says, I know you can put it together. An honest heart. You don't need to say, you know, kneel down and, oh, great heavenly Father, thou art great. I mean, you can say that, but mean it from your heart. Be honest with God. Don't, and you don't have to repeat. I, I start with the Lord's Prayer sometimes. 
And I say, Heavenly Father, think about who a father is. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he says, thy kingdom come. So what are you doing? You're starting to yield, saying, Lord, I got this whole list, but hold on a second. Before I get into any of that, your kingdom come. Your will be done. You have a plan. You've been the God of my life. You've been here. And you begin to take, I, I, I actually prayed the other day, and I got halfway through the Lord's prayer in half an hour. Because I just stopped. And in the middle of that prayer, all of a sudden, it came on my heart for a certain sister. And all of a sudden in that prayer, it came on my heart for a certain other person. And I, I recognized that wasn't what I had in my mind, but that was the Spirit teaching me, working through me. I think, Brother John, you ministered on it on Sunday night. It, it's not so much what we do. You know, I think the, the, the quote you used, God has a difficult time getting a vessel just to be yielded to him. Where, where we don't have our own agenda, we don't have our own pace, we don't have our own everything, but just to be yielded to him. Oh, listen, I, I trust you understand where I'm going. I, if, if, if you don't, I mean, find that place, and I'll tell you, sometimes that's when don't lose your vision of Jesus. The things of this earth will grow strangely dim. I, 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 I thought I had to run out and get something for someone but I actually found I need to just stop and talk to the Lord. Let me, let me go to this, this uh, my, my, my. Let's just go quickly to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. We'll just close right away. I think I've, I just shared what was on my heart, but Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him into the other side, and he sent the multitudes away. He sent the multitudes away. What was he doing? He was closing the door. He was putting boundaries. There was a story of a man who went to see a doctor because he was nervous, he was upset, he, he, he couldn't, he, and the doctor says, have you been listening to the news every day? He says, I want you to take three weeks and not listen to the news. And he came back after three weeks and he, he says, how do you feel? At peace. But all we read is what's happening here, what's happening there. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But what about this? What about this? Let, let, let's, you know why, why we get nervous and weary and upset is because we don't have this place. That's when I know, when I see myself getting upset at the driver in front of me, I know I haven't prayed enough. And sometimes when I've prayed enough, they all get upset behind me because I'm in another world. <laughs> and that's okay too. Healing of Jairus' daughter. Sorry, did I finish this, what I was reading? Okay. He sent the multitudes away, verse 23. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Oh, sweet hour of prayer. Listen, this is not a, to put a heavy on you. This is just to say, have we started running too much with the pace of the world? Has the message, Brother Branham said, 
Are we sufficiently impressed with the word in our midst? Uh, sometimes it's just words. Other times it bounces off the page and strikes our soul. Oh, let it do that to us. As the musicians come, listen, I've, I've said what I had to say. I'm going to let the Lord take care of the rest. Healing of Jairus' daughter. We find one place where the Son of God had to spend much time in prayer. If Jesus had to spend much time in prayer to stay in fellowship with the Spirit that was in Him, how much more do you and I have to spend in prayer? Much time in prayer. If we only knew what time in prayer meant. Sometimes when you're in prayer, God changes the complete destination of different things that's going to happen. Do you know that, I, I, listen, I believe this, that, that there's a people on earth, the government may have a mind about one thing, but a group of people praying can actually stop it. I believe that the devil may have something planned for your, one of your family, but you can pray and you can stop it. Where does that power come from? From a secret place, a secret chamber. Where is your secret chamber? It doesn't mean you got to spend hours and hours. You can be driving in your car and be in that secret chamber. That's right. And what I'm trying to say is put boundaries on what you allow to come. Give place to God. Don't give place to the devil. Here's my last quote. What man calls great, God calls foolish. What man calls foolish, God calls great. So if we want to get back into the program of God and find out what God wants us to do, the only way I know how to do it, you say, Brother Ed, I feel like I've been bounced off of this wall. I've been bounced off of this wall. I don't know if I'm coming or I'm going. I don't believe that's the place God has for us. I believe we can live in a higher place than that. And Brother Ram says, how can you get to that place? I don't know where I am. He says, Brother Ram says, the only way I know to do it is by prayer. Prayer is the key. That's the answer. Prayer changes things. Prayer is the most powerful weapon that was ever put in the control of human beings. Prayer will change the mind of God. Why? Because it's communion, Him with you. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Well, I, I said my part. I, I, I pray this just resonates a little. You know, sometimes the devil comes and you just have to play something softly, Sister Kezia. Sometimes the devil comes and, you know, you drive down the road and there's a billboard and all of a sudden it reminds you of something in the past and all of a sudden your mind goes and it's drifting and before you know it, what am I thinking? And, and, and if you're not built up, you keep going down that road. Or you, drive, you go into a mall and you hear a little jingle on the first day of Christmas and you wake up singing that song. But what about if you allowed God's Word, the message, thoughts, songs, images? Imagination's a good thing. What will it be like Imagination, the, 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 the devil uses it against us. But what about we use it against him? What will it be up yonder? 
What will it be on that day when we pass this life and we get What's going to be like the first few minutes in heaven? You know, we, we can also allow that to work. There was a, a prayer, a prayer line. There was a woman. She was, from a child, she was very nervous. And she'd grown older. And it had kind of worked its way into a depression. And Brother Branham, in the discernment, he says, Sister, you can't help that. Now it's off of you, but it's going to come back. And he says, you know what you need to do? You need to start to praise God. Now, she didn't feel like praising God. There's a lot of times I don't feel like praising God. But you know what? You start praising God and you start thanking Him, saying, Lord, I know that this thing will not last. I know that you're my creator. Start praising Him. You know the one thing the devil can't stand is when you start worshiping God. The devil doesn't want to be in a prayer meeting where you're thanking God. The devil wants, and, I, and, and, and really, he runs from that. So what do you do when you get in prayer? You're, you're, you're just starting to say what God says in His Word. You're repeating God's Word back to Him. And you know what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now just think, this woman... She was delivered, but he says, he's going to come back to you. But he says, go on and be happy and just start to praise God. That was the cure for a depression. Just go and be happy. Oh, what's going to happen? What's this fifth wave? Are we going to have a sixth wave? Are we going to... Forget it. I'm walking with God. He promised He'd make a way. What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen to my loved ones? What's going to... I don't know. But if I walk with Him, He'll take care of it. Let me stay in that place with Him. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's stand together. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Start with verse 1. When I was so lonely Oh, you found me Oh, I 
mountain with Jesus and I've been in the valley so low oh but never one time has he failed me to alone. 